0: The text for the sermon this morning is Genesis 41, the verses 14 and 15. We'll read those verses again. Genesis 41, 14 and 15. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon, and he shaved, changed his clothing, and came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it, but I have heard it said of you that you can understand a dream, to interpret it. So far the text. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, you've been listening to the series of sermons on... Joseph, and what happened in his life sounds like a bit of a fairy tale with a happy ending, doesn't it? Story of Joseph, how he's hated by his brothers, ends up a slave in Egypt, then in jail, and all at once ends up in the court of the king and is made ruler of Egypt under Pharaoh in Egypt the main world power at the time would be something like becoming vice president of the united states or some world power today but joseph's story is not a fairy tale all this really took place this is history real history as related in the Bible, God's word. Joseph was a real person, flesh and blood young man with sins and struggles like you and me. I can say that there would be lots of people like Joseph today also here. And I can also say if what Joseph did by God's grace here in our text, you can do today too. And I apply that then to Joseph's informing the pharaoh of Egypt about God's plans. Seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of awful famine. He interpreted those dreams for, jo- for the, the pharaoh. He, he told the pharaoh what was to come. Well, what, what Joseph did, you can do too, at least if you love God and you know your Bible. You can do what he did, and that's what I hope to show you in the the sermon this morning. And I've preached to you God's word in the text with this theme God's children may make known his plans to the world. God's children may make known his plans to the world. And we see two things then in connection with that unrest due to not knowing God's plans, and secondly, rest in submission to God's plans so first of all unrest due to not knowing God's plans congregation you become restless and impatient if you don't know God's plan with this world and with your own life Pharaoh experienced that. On a certain night, the king of Egypt was restless. He woke up, and then he went to sleep again and woke up a second time. He had two very clear dreams, which he remembered clearly and which upset him a lot. Both dreams started out very nice but both ended in kind of a nightmare. In the first dream, he was standing by the Nile River, the pride of Egypt, the source of Egypt's life and strength. The Nile worshipped in Egypt. To his amazement, he saw seven cows coming out, out of the Nile River, seven fat and sleek cows, which began to graze in the lush grass along the river. And he was enjoying the sight, and then all at once out of the river came another group of cows, seven cows, ugly and gaunt. And they did not eat grass. They went over to those seven fat cows and completely ate them up carnivorous cows, and those carnivorous cows were no fatter or better looking after they had eaten up the fat ones, no better looking at all. Pharaoh suddenly woke up in a sweat. What a strange and terrible dream. It must mean something, a dream like that must mean something, and it made him very uneasy. Were his gods trying to tell him something? No, they weren't. We know that was the only true God making something known to him making that, and making him uneasy with that. In any case, Pharaoh fell asleep again. But then he dreamed once more and his second dream looked a lot like the first. He saw seven heads Of grain coming up on a single stalk, plump and good, a delight to the eyes. But then alongside that single stalk came another stalk with seven thin heads of grain blighted by the east wind, empty grains. And those seven Empty heads of grain leaned over in the wind and completely devoured the seven plump heads. Can't imagine. Heads of grain eating other heads of grain, but he saw it in his nightmare, and the skinny heads were no fatter afterwards either, just as with the cows. Well, after that second dream, you can imagine that the Pharaoh wasn't going to fall asleep anymore. He kept thinking about those two dreams. They went around and around in his head, He saw it all clearly every time again, and the ending of those dreams seemed so frightening. There was something ominous here. Of course, we know that those two dreams were deliberately given by God to upset the Pharaoh. That's why the Nile River in the first dream, the Nile, the source of Egypt's prosperity and power in the ancient world, when it ran high, it watered great tracts of land for crops. And when there was drought in the rest of the Middle East good crops would still grow in Egypt Egypt the breadbasket of the ancient world that's why they worshiped the Nile as a god of fertility and those fat cows and those plump ears of grain represented fertility and abundance but why those seven ugly and thin cows which ate up the fat ones why those seven thin heads of grain which devoured the plump ones Pharaoh sensed there was some meaning, definite meaning to those two dreams, but he couldn't figure it out, and it made him anxious, really anxious. So anxious that the first thing he did the next morning was call all the magicians and wise men of Egypt together, and he told them his dreams, and he demanded to know what the interpretation was. They were obviously a kind of divine revelation, so he wanted them to explain those dreams in order to take his unrest away, his anxiety. But those magicians and wise men had no idea how to interpret those two similar dreams. Nobody in Egypt knew God's purpose, God's plans. Lots of prophets who claimed to have contact with divine powers, but they did not know the one true God, and did not know what he meant with that special revelation to Pharaoh. Well, Joseph was about to introduce the one true God to the court of Pharaoh in Egypt. Egypt was about to learn that not the gods of the Egyptians, but this God has all the say over Egypt and over the whole world, in fact. This God, This God is the almighty creator who has a plan for this world in which all peoples and nations have their own place. And no one can stop this God from bringing about his plan for the world and for their own lives. And that's what Joseph was about to tell the Pharaoh and all his fake wise men and magicians. You see, congregation, whoever doesn't know God, doesn't know his plans for this world, whoever hasn't l- learned to listen to his revelation of his counsel and will is inevitably going to run stuck at one time or another. They they can think they're really smart. They can say things that sound quite intelligent and, and quite learned, quite useful. Look at Egypt, what a mighty nation. But eventually, eventually all those wise people are going to run run into things that they don't have any explanation for, things they don't have any answers for, and that's quite unsettling to them. Also today, there's a lot of intellect on display at colleges and universities, in the world in general, in which God is not taken into account at all. And there are wise men and prophets today who claim to be able to tell us how things will unfold in the future. Philosophers, futurologists, environmentalists, sociologists, politicians, all kinds of people who claim to have insight into what will happen, where things are going. And they don't just say dumb things either. Let's not think that either. No, there's some wisdom in what many of them say. But the problem is that so many of them don't listen to what the Almighty God has said about it all from of old in his word. So many totally don't take the Lord God into account, the creator of it all. And then from time to time, the Lord God throws all their wisdom into confusion. And then what they thought would happen, what was expected doesn't take place at all. And where did we go wrong? How could we go wrong? And then the wise men and the forecasters and the prophets of today cannot explain things, how things came to where they are now. And all their prognostications fall apart. What they said before doesn't make any sense anymore. What they philosophized before, that whole theory has fallen apart and then people who look up to them get pretty nervous and restless what's going on why why didn't anybody predict this why can nobody explain this what's going on actually you can read that kind of unrest in all kinds of newspaper and magazine articles about global warming environmental issues today you hear it in news discussions on radio and television about all the wars going on in the world today and the unrest where is this whole business in Ukraine? Where, where is this going? What, what's going to happen? You notice it in the, in the nervousness about the disappearing effectiveness of antibiotics and infections and so on. How, how can we stop this? Uh, you notice it in debates about budgets and growing deficits and financial problems and issues in Parliament, you hear it when you talk with your neighbor or co-worker about where things are headed as far as morality goes today too, where where are things going? Nobody has answers that really satisfy and the answers proposed out of man's wisdom so often assume that man is good and that he has the capacity to fix what's wrong even though time and again that's proven to be false it's a false hope the thing is God and his plan and purpose for this world are left out of the picture and that leaves so many people apprehensive and restless where are things going we come to the second part of the sermon this morning then rest in submission to God's plans congregation, as God's people, we know from God's Word what, where life comes from, what it is about, and where it is going. That's what we know, right? That's the advantage of being God's people, belonging to His church, believing His Word. We've been given a fair bit of insight into what our Almighty God is up to in this world. Oh, we don't understand everything God is doing by long shot. And we sometimes have quite a bit of difficulty with what He's doing too. Yet, we never have to be in the dark. We never have to despair. Oh, this is all going to go down the tubes. No. In fact... We can even help others deal with their concerns and worries and anxieties about where where things are going by telling them about God's purpose and plan for this world. And especially when people run into the brick wall with all their so-called wisdom, God gives us opportunity to open their eyes for what's really going on and where he's leading everything by opening his word for them. Joseph was given an opportunity like that in Egypt in the court of the king. In the palace, all the wise men of Egypt and the magicians standing there, unable to explain things. You see, the Pharaoh's chief butler suddenly recalled he had this strange dream a couple of years before when he had been in prison and he would call this young Hebrew prisoner called Joseph who had been able to tell him what his dream meant at that time. And everything had taken place exactly as had been explained by Joseph. And Joseph had said this was from God. Because, and then three days later, the baker had been put to death and the butler had been freed. When the butler told his story to the Pharaoh, Joseph was immediately called up out of prison. He had been shaved, given a change of clothing, and was rushed off to the palace. And when Pharaoh told him what he had dreamt, Joseph was able to see God speaking through those two dreams. Joseph was a prophet, and he could see right away, just as he had spoken to Joseph himself, by two dreams long before when Joseph was 17 and still living with his father and then Joseph explained those two dreams explained that they meant the same thing repeated twice because God wanted to emphasize the truth of his message and this was the message there would be seven years of incredible plenty in Egypt followed by seven years of horrible famine Seven years of drought and crop failure and hunger. Joseph was able to tell Pharaoh exactly what was going to take place and even give him advice on how to deal with that. Choose a wise man, he said, to run the thing and to gather food for when the famine does come. Notice that Joseph emphasizes repeatedly that those years of plenty followed by years of family and famine weren't just because of climatic factors such as El Nino or whatever, but they were God's doing, God's doing. He says in verses 25 and 28, God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. And in verse 32, that God will shortly bring it to pass. God know, not only what, knows what will happen in the future, he's the one who ultimately makes that future happen the way it happens. He determines what's going to take place. He's the one who makes history unfold the way it does, also in Egypt. And Pharaoh would do well to humbly submit to this God. And then he doesn't have to be agitated anxious, restless. No, whoever submits to God's counsel may know that what God brings to pass is good and will unfold according to his good purpose. Of course, Joseph was only able to make known a really, really tiny little part of God's overall plan for the history of this world. He was only... He was only able to tell Pharaoh what was going to happen over the next 14 years. 14 years. Ultimately, nothing compared to God's overall plan for eternity. And we can assume that Joseph didn't know how those seven years of plenty and those seven years of famine were going to fit into God's overall plan for the world either. Namely, that plan to bring salvation into the world and to bring about a new heavens and a new earth. Joseph didn't know how that was all going to fit together. But he did know that God was working toward overcoming sin and all its effects and was working toward a new people on a new earth. That's what God had promised Joseph's grandfather Abraham already. But Joseph likely had no idea what place those coming years of plenty and famine had in God's overall plan and what role he himself would play as those things unfolded. Well, today we know a lot more than Joseph, a lot more of how Joseph and Egypt fit into God's plan. God used, and we sang about that in Psalm 105, God used that period of plenty and then that time of famine, to bring Jacob's family to Egypt. Because of Joseph's wisdom and measure, Egypt was the only place for Jacob's family to get bread and survive. And that was also part and parcel of God's plan that Jacob's family, the Israelites, would end up in Egypt and they would end up there in slavery. And then the Lord God would deliver them in an amazing way lead them through the desert. And in the desert, Israel would learn how to worship and obey their holy God before they took possession of the land of Canaan. It was all, all in the plan. All those events were steps. They were steps too, and we can go further with that plan. They were steps which ultimately led to the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ the king out of Abraham and Jacob's lineage, who was much greater than Joseph or any other king. And the Lord Jesus' life looked like a fairy tale too. He was born in a stable in Bethlehem in all humility, led a life of suffering and rejection, in the end, put to death on an accursed cross, But God lifted him out of the prison of the grave and he exalted him by enthroning him at his right hand and giving him all power and authority in heaven and on earth. And he works from there, from up there, so that God's people from all nations here on earth may find rest in the promised land, the new earth. That's the plan. We now have the whole Bible, God's revelation of how he brought that king, the Lord Jesus Christ, to his eternal throne. And why, what, what, he's, what he's going to do yet to bring about the new heavens and the new earth, completely cleansed from sin and misery. So, congregation, knowing the Bible, believing the Bible, gives you insight in what is happening what is unfolding gives you rest when you see, of, see often the often irrational, ominous unfolding of history today. People wonder, hey, they look at the news, what in the world is going on? Where is this going? What will the future bring for my children and grandchildren? It's scary if you think of all the misery and the conflict and the disaster happening in the world today. Think of the Malaysian airline that, that simply disappeared without a trace a few months ago and of the same airline, the plane of the same airline which shot down over Ukraine last Friday again with huge loss of life. What's going on in the Middle East? Closer to home, how can someone in Canada to come, come to such rage about money that they kill three people in a family in Calgary and secretly dispose of the bodies so that they can't be found? What about the culture of deaths? in our nation which has no laws limiting the ending of unborn life and where so many want to see laws allowing assisted suicide where in the world is this all going but brothers and sisters as believers we know who's in control don't we our King in heaven And it's revealed to us in His Word, where He's leading it all. No longer in dreams and visions today, but in the Bible. We have the complete, sufficient revelation of God's overall plan for creation in the Bible. Keep your Bibles open, congregation. Then you find rest every time again in knowing who's in control, where he's bringing everything. Let's not lose our confidence when others don't know where to look for it anymore. Also not if it maybe becomes difficult for us personally. And we personally have to experience hardship. That's all all included in the plan, congregation. Think of Joseph who stayed stable in faith even though his life was pulled back and forth, first in the pit, then out of the pit, but into slavery, then blessed in Potiphar's house, then treacherously and suddenly thrown into prison, then forgotten by the butler. Joseph must have wondered too, where in the world is my life going to go? Where is it headed? And then suddenly remembered by the butler, brought from prison into the palace. The same day, he ends up ruler of Egypt. How in the world? It must have been hard at times for Joseph to hold fast to the belief that God was bringing about what he had shown Joseph in those two dreams he had given him long ago when he was 17 years old. His whole family bowing before him but joseph believed in the lord he knew god he knew something of the overall plan god had for the world he knew god is faithful and will do what he says and so joseph was able to stay calm to be patient even in prison to be at peace with all this going back and forth being jerked back and forth and congregation We have the whole Bible, and we know God's method of working. We know God's plan, and how for the sake of Christ, everything has to work together for the good of those who love him. Doesn't that give you rest? God is in control. He's told us where it's going. Also, our own lives and our calling our calling in this world then is to try and let others share in the rest that we've been given by God's grace by knowing that word. I mentioned earlier on, we can do what Joseph did. Well, we can make God's plans known to others like Joseph did to Pharaoh. Only we can do, even do it better than Joseph did because we have the whole revelation of God we can not interpret dreams don't even try but we can open the Bible God's ultimate revelation of his doings and his plans and his purposes and then once once we know that Bible we have lots to say lots to tell other people we can tell them that the disasters and the wars which never seem to stop are part of God's overall plan, working out His purpose for the earth. The Lord Jesus Christ Himself said too, disasters and wars, they will continue, maybe even increase. If, if your neighbor or co-worker begins to talk about what's happening in the world or in the nation, you can respond by telling them about God. This is God's work, His plan. You can tell them about what He has done what he is doing now too, and what he will do in the future, where it's going. And about the rest and comfort which you have in this life as a result of that, even if things are difficult, even if you have to die, you know where you're going. About the rest and the comfort which can only be found through faith in the Savior of this broken world, Jesus Christ. You can tell others Joseph couldn't say a whole lot about that yet. God gave him insight into those dreams. You and I have a lot to say to others about what's happening and what will happen. But, congregation, then we also constantly need to to seek and find our own rest in God and in the Savior Jesus Christ first. Every day again opening his word. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, gracious Father in Jesus Christ, thank you that you have made known to us in your word where we come from what we're here for, and where we in all things are headed. Let that always give us peace and comfort and rest in all the ups and downs in this world and in our own lives. Let it bring us to also be bold to speak of your purposes and plans to others, so that they can share in the rest we have in your plans in Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. In his name we pray.